All right. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, or good afternoon. It is October the 18th of 2020. And uh, I made a post on our Facebook page, letting everybody know that we were fixed to start doing a little new thing here on the podcast. Um, Today's going to be the first episode of that. And it'll come to you, I'm sure, in different sound bites, as always, coming into this podcast hot and heavy. But we are going back in time. We're going to jump into our time machine. We're going to go back. We're going to review different matches, different shows, and different events from different companies all throughout the history of professional wrestling. And hopefully we'll hit some that people forgot about that were great matches or matches that were awesome and people still talk about to this day. Now. First up, since uh, the kids and me, uh, my sister has bought us a, a board game that myself and the kids were playing. It was the TNA board game that I didn't even know existed. And I worked with TNA throughout my career. Some refereed for them, worked under a mask, early shows in Nashville, things like that, doing security and other things. So the thing is, I didn't, I didn't know that when TNA got bigger and Kurt Angle and Booker T and all those guys came to TNA that they actually had a board game. But uh, my sister found it at a, I guess, a yard sale or a flea market. It had never been open. Brand spanking new. I think she paid like three or four bucks for it. But she bought it because the kids love wrestling. She knows that I still watch it every now and then. So I've been trying to find ways to to show the kids some of the TNA stuff. And we found the Impact Plus app channel on our, our Roku TV as well as my phone. But we're going to time travel back to a match that I'm sure a lot of people either forgot about, wanted to forget about. I know Ric Flair wanted to forget about most of this part of his career, and I hate to to disrespect him by going in and talking about this match, but it, it to me, you can't forget this match because Ric Flair was not known for the thumbtacks, the Bob wire, and all the hardcore mess and bullshit that Mick Foley was known for. So for him to stoop down and do a match with Ric Flair and Mick Foley on TNA Impact back when it was still TNA Impact. This is the Before the Glory episode of Impact. Now, on the Impact Plus app, they have this whole, I guess, like an hour and a half show available for you to watch for free on their free app, as well as if you want to pay to watch other stuff, you can watch other stuff. But this one was from October 7th of 2010. Now, as my daughter pointed out earlier, uh, the little asshole that she is, she pointed out, oh, that was 10 years ago. Showing my age and calling me old. That's great. I love being called old. So, yes, it was from October 7th of 2010. But uh, both men were, you know, still pretty active and and great wrestlers. I mean, it's Mick Foley and it's the Nature Boy. Woo! Ric Flair. Um, but, I mean, excuse me. Sorry, sending a message. Um. But when you've got the, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, he retired from WWE. Uh, he lost the match to Shawn Michaels. He said he would never wrestle again. And, of course, if you read his book and Charlotte's book, uh, which I'll get the title of that book for you later on, he doesn't even really want to talk about TNA in that because he was heartbroken that he discredited that match that he had with Shawn by going to TNA and, and living that part of his career. But, uh, you know, apparently he needed the money and things like that. Cause it's Ric Flair. He's got to live that high life. He's got to be a glory hog, but that's why we love the nature boys. Cause he does what he does. But the match that we're going to do on our very, very first episode of time machine traveling here with the uh, wrestling with the locals, we're going to do the October 7th, 2010 before the glory impact episode with Ric Flair 
taking on Mick Foley in what is said to be a last man standing match. Uh, now, once we get started, I'll be doing the color commentary. You'll hear the TV in the background. It'll be kind of like a watch along thing if you want to watch it. And if not, you'll hear me do the commentary and talk about the match throughout the match. So we'll be rolling along here in just a second as I get the TV where it needs to be. Thumb through a few notes I've took from previously watching, and we'll get started with the October 7th of 2010 before the glory episode of TNA Impact. Ric Flair, the nature boy, taking on the hardcore legend Mick Foley in a last man standing match. All right, so we are back. I've got the TV where it needs to be. Hopefully, y'all can hear that in the background. We are rolling as the nature boy, Ric Flair, is making his way down to the ring. The only way he knows how, in style. He's got on the uh, the blue robe, the black and blue robe. And he is on his way down. Now, of course, they you got Taz and Mike today in the background talking about how they opened the show because, like I said, they have the one hour and, and, and a half show itself on here. And the only reason it caught my eyes because it had Ric Flair, of course, and Mick Foley on here, both a bloody mess. And they were talking about the last man standing match. They did. And I thought, you know, this would be a great way to start this segment that we're wanting to do on the podcast or that I'm wanting to do on the podcast. Because what better way to start other than with just two legends that everybody knows, like the Nature Boy and Mick Foley going at it in a last man standing match. And of course, bang, bang. And you see the smiley face come up on the thing with the Bob R. Mick Foley, of course, coming out. Two total opposites in this wrestling business. You've got Nature Boy Ric Flair, the jet-flying, limousine-riding, kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing son of a gun who wears the robes, won the championships, and was just the best of the best. And then, of course, you've got the best of the best in, in, in the hardcore legend, Mick Foley, coming out. But he comes out, you know, the sweatpants, the, the flannel shirts, the cheetah print boots, the long hair. You know, Ric Flair's clean-cut jack to the gills, even at whatever age he was here, and, and he was an old man here, too. But you got Mick Foley always the same coming out, looking like he just crawled out of a dumpster. And uh, just hardcore legend, straight-up hardcore legend, known for the hardcore, lost his ear. Flair was never known for the hardcore, but says he can be hardcore. And the referee for this contest, of course, is your referee, Earl Hebner. We got a collar and elbow lockup as Ric Flair backs Mick Foley right back into the corner. Flair with a right hand on Foley and a chop on Foley. Foley staggering a boot to the knee there. A right hand. Flair is firing straight up on Mick Foley right out of the gate. Foley down on his knees in the corner. Foley had a bandage over his eye. I don't know what that was previously from, but... Uh, Looks like Ric Flair ripped that off and is straight up going to work on Foley, opening up the uh, the wound over the eye of Foley there. And then sure enough, Foley's got some blood on him already. Uh, straight right hands there from Ric Flair, just firing away on Mick Foley. Now he throws Mick Foley out through the ropes, Foley out onto the floor. Flair is going to follow him out to the floor. De referee Earl Hebner right behind him. Flair grabs Foley by the hair, taking Flair, taking him over to the, guardrail and of course tna back in the, in the day had them old metal guardrails that you could part like a like a bike rack guardrail kind of and so that's what he's slamming him head first into right there in front of the fans they didn't have the old wwe hard rails that were you know padded up they were the metal rails that were just out there kind of like what wwe had back in the day when they were wwf but you know 
Foley reverses it and throws Flair back in the ring. Looks like somebody threw a book in the ring. I don't know where the book might have came from, but there is a book in the ring. Foley goes over and turns the steps over, and of course, there's Barbie the barbed wire bat. He had strategically placed it up under the steps, I guess, and now straight to the head of Ric Flair with the barbed wire bat. And of course, I don't know. I don't know where the book came from. I don't even know who had the book. I seen a book earlier in a fan's hand at ringside, but there is a book, and I'm assuming it's Foley's book in the ring. But uh, Foley has been opened up now. Flair, of course, has been opened up. Another shot from, and you see Flair just oops, slice, you know, slicing and dicing his own head there to get the color. But man, Foley with one straight shot from the barbed wire bat. Flair goes down, sliced a little, came back up. Foley hit him again in the head with the barbed wire bat. Now, Flair's a crimson mass, and so is Foley right over the eye. Both men right out of the bat getting some pretty good color. Now, Flair rolls out trying to get away from Foley. Foley chasing him back up to the uh, entrance ramp area where it looks like they have a gimmick table set up and had some gimmicks on it. And, of course, Mike today and Taz at this point were set up on the the stage off to the side, kind of like what Raw's setup used to be. And, and and they're fighting up that way. Foley still has the barbed wire bat as they're brawling around the arena now. Shot to the midsection with the barbed wire bat. Now he's taking it and wrecking it across the forehead of Ric Flair. Jeez, he's taking that barbed wire bat and just raking it across the head of Ric Flair, who's balding and, and you know past middle age at this point. And he takes Mick Foley and launches Flair, reverses it, takes Mick Foley and launches Foley off of the entranceway there at the TNA entranceway right through that gimmick table. I don't know whose gimmicks it was, whose pictures or merchandise, etc. It looks like there were some DVDs and a couple of T-shirts and some 8 by 10s but it's, uh, it's all been crushed. Foley's ass just landed right on it, covered in blood. Ric Flair just, oh, throws him clear off. Okay, so it was all DVDs from what I can tell at that, that angle. I don't know. It looks like there's all kinds of shit. Ric Flair staggering it. Of course, they're going to commercial break. As I said, this was live on their, their TV show at the time. So you may have seen this match. You may have not. And, of course, when they come back from commercial break, both men are in the ring, and they don't have any way of telling us exactly what happened during the break, I don't think. And they may show us something. I don't know, but... Flair, okay, yeah, they're going to show us a picture in picture here. Apparently, they were back in the ring. Flair uses the book. Yeah, he's using Foley's book, I'm guessing, on him, beating him with a book. But both men are covered in blood. Flair's right hand straight to Foley's face and the left hand, just steadily beating him up, stomping the book, kicking some of the book out. Flair is covered in blood. Foley's covered in blood. This is a last man standing match. The last man standing wins, of course. And, and I thought this would be a perfect way to start this segment because this, the, you know, Ric Flair doing a hardcore match. And I mean, granted, he's had some hellacious bloody matches, but it gets a little more extreme. Ric Flair with a, sh a kick to the midsection there on Foley. Foley's down. Foley's taking a, a crowd of good beating here. So is Ric Flair. Now, Ric Flair just went under the ring and pulled a bag out. And everybody knows what we're thinking when he pulls a bag out. Not Legos, not glass, not gummy bears. But he just pulled a bag of thumbtacks out. Now, Ric Flair, as far as I know, other than, you know, a few crazy matches he's been in, I don't think he's ever really much done with done much with thumbtacks. But Ric Flair here. Pulled the tax out himself. Chops the midsection. 
Chops on Foley. Foley reverses it. Right hand, right hand. Flair's back in the corner now. Right hands. Elbow from Foley. Foley's out. Flair comes out. Backdrop from Mick Foley. Flair takes a backdrop right on those thumbtacks. Now, he didn't get a crap load of them in him from the backdrop, but he did roll through some of them. They're stuck in the bottom of his boot. They're stuck in the bottom of Foley's boot. I've been bumped on thumbtacks I don't know how many times. Thumbtacks, man, they hurt. Believe it or not, they hurt. They're little. They leave, they leave a lot of little holes. It don't feel good. It's kind of like acupuncture, but it's not in a fun way. Now, Foley, after giving Ric Flair the backdrop and the thumbtacks, goes outside the ring, reaches under the ring, pulls out a board with Bob Wire stapled onto it or zip-tied onto it. Now, this is Bob Wire that is made into a bed on this board. Ric Flair, you know, getting back up to his feet in the corner. Foley fires in right onto him, punching, punching, punching. Right hand, right hand, right hand in the corner, just beating the piss out of Ric Flair's already bloodied head. Foley turns back around, getting the Bob Wire board, dragging it over into the corner. Looks like he's going to, oh, he's going to run into Flair. The knee in the face. He's going to take the board, the Bob Wire board. He runs right into the corner on Ric Flair with the board in between him and Flair. Does the knee into the face with the barbed wire board on Ric Flair. Both men a bloody mess. Ric Flair's covered in his own blood. Foley's covered in his own blood. He can barely see out of his right eye. Foley telling the referee to count. Referee Earl Hebner putting in the 10 count, but Ric Flair already grabbing the ropes, trying to find a way to get back up. That was a beautiful knee to the face with the board and the barbed wire. And a, oh, a straight chop. Knife edge chop from Ric Flair. And another one. Foley with a right hand. Flair with a chop. Chop, chop, right hand. Flair goes down hard. Mick Foley goes back outside the ring. Ric Flair down. What's Foley looking for under the ring now? I see a table there. Looks like he's going to pull that out. They don't have too many gimmicks under the ring. They don't have a lot to choose from under there. This is back. Now, this was in 2010. TNA had the square ring at this point. This wasn't the six-sided ring. I did find a few things that I'd like to cover where they had the six-sided ring. And then there's there's quite a bit more I'd love to cover of some of the TNA action that was just phenomenal back in the day. Um, a lot of people aren't fans of TNA, but, hey, they had some hellacious matches, man. Did find a Monsters Ball match that I'd like to cover. But Flair is down recuperating. The referee, for some reason, wasn't even trying to do the 10 count at this point. Earl Hebner didn't count. This is what I hate is the referee's not sticking with their shit. Foley set up the table. Foley goes out toward Flair to get him out of the corner, and Ric Flair hits him with two nut shots. Foley goes down. Flair gets up. Now, Foley has set this table up. Ric Flair takes him over, smacks him head first on it, and he's going to set Foley up on this table. He's having a hard time positioning Foley up on this table, but he gets him up there, follows it up with a couple of right hands, about four uh, counted there. I said a couple, and he kept hitting, so... Now Flair's got the board with the Bob wire and oh just takes it down across the arms and midsection of Mick Foley. And you can see where it lacerated part of his arm. Rick Flair's bleeding from his back, from his forehead and his arms, wherever the Bob wire and the thumbtacks is hitting. Looks like his hand's a little bloody too, but I can't tell if that's from his head or that. But Foley's still on the table. Rick Flair comes down. He climbs up the top, comes down with a just a you know, a falling splash on top of Mick Foley through the table. 
And now the referee starts the 10 count on both men. You hear the fans in the background chanting TNA, TNA, TNA. And TNA was aptly named Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. Uh, granted, there was hints that it was named TNA for other reasons, but that was a Vince Russo inside thing for those of you that you know, know it. Ric Flair stands up and takes the world-famous face bump where he's blowed up and exhausted, and he just falls face down. And if you look at the bottom of Ric Flair's boots, if you look at the bottom of Ric Flair's boots, they're covered in tacks. Now, I don't agree with the way this match was ended. Mick Foley gets the win because Ric Flair took the face bump. He didn't make it to his feet first. Technically, he did, so the count should have stopped on Flair, but it didn't. I don't understand that. But he did get up, take the face bump. Foley apparently was holding onto the ropes and got himself up. So they award this match to Mick Foley as a last-man-standing victory for Mick Foley, the hardcore legend, over Ric Flair, the nature boy. But uh, I do believe that was one of the first times I've ever seen thumbtacks in the bottom of Ric Flair's shoes from a match that he was actually actively involved in. Um, but, of course... It was just it was just something else, man. As a hellacious match, both men covered in blood, covered in their blood, each other's blood. Bob Lar was used, thumbtacks was used, and it just killed me that Ric Flair was the one that initiated the whole aspect of, hey, let me bring the Bob Wire, or not the Bob Wire, but the thumbtacks into the ring. Let me get the thumbtacks and, and dump them in the ring and, and let's let, let's do this. I mean, but you know, Ric Flair doesn't want to relive a lot of his TNA time, and that's fine. But, uh, man, it was it was hellacious. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I've always enjoyed anything that, you know, of course, Mick Foley would do or Ric Flair would do and, and things like that. But it, it is what it is, and I enjoyed it. I hope y'all enjoyed it. I know it's not a very long match because it was a TV match. So, of course, it had like a 15-minute damn time limit because TV matches, they, they sound bite everything for TV. But, uh Maybe if there's something else on this episode of, of Impact from October 7th of 2010 called Before the Glory that catches my eye, maybe I'll be able to, to throw it on this episode as well. But Mick Foley is cutting a promo on Ric Flair now and said that uh, something about this, there's a stipulation to this last man standing match here. I don't know what the stipulation is, but... Something to do with a handshake. I don't know. I don't know. But like I said, if there's anything else that comes on here and and stands out to me that would be good for the time machine trip, I'll include it on this episode because it's all from October 7th of 2010. And it's it was a pretty good match. Something about a kiss my ass spot here. I don't know if Flair's going to do it or not. But. This was, you know, a bloody brutal match from TNA Impact. And this was televised. I mean, this was live on TV. So it was pretty good. But I'm going to cut this out. We're going to get ready to, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll fan through some of this and, and see what else is on this episode. If there's anything else that stands out, we'll do our time machine, not only over Ric Flair and, and Mick Foley, but we'll do it over the whole Before the Glory Impact episode from, you know, February, January, October. Jesus, I can't even keep up with what month it is now. October the 7th of 2010. And just kind of add some more to it, just to give it a little bit of length and girth for you guys so y'all can enjoy that. But so far, this is what I've found, and I thought we would start doing some of this because, man, there's so much out there. Why do we have to live just in the present? But let's go back and reminisce on all the good times. I mean, 
hell, we might pull up some Terry Funk stuff from back in the day. We might pull up some some old Lawler stuff. We might pull up a little bit of everybody and see what we can find. But uh, let's enjoy it while we can because wrestling's around and, and, and we should enjoy it and relive the glory days, guys. All right, guys. So after watching all of Impact before the glory, the whole one hour and 30 minute show, the only match I found that really intrigued me other than the Ric Flair and Mick Foley last man standing match was the main event, and it was a battle royal, and those are so hard to do watch-alongs with. So <clears throat> I'm not even going to waste y'all's time doing it. Um, I will say that it did have guys like Generation Me, which was the Young Bucks back in the day, Jeff Hardy and a few others in that match that were pretty cool to see again, Mr. Anderson, of course, and Kurt Angle, who took home the win, and it was like a – some kind of match for like a hundred thousand dollars or some shit that Dixie Carter did back in the day. But you know, if you if you watch Impact Plus and you're interested in watching the Impact before the Glory and the Last Man Standing match with Ric Flair and Mick Foley, go check it out. It's the whole hour and thirty minute show, building up to their big Bound for Glory pay per view. And it was again October the seventh of two thousand and ten. So we appreciate you guys for listening and hope y'all enjoyed our, our commentary or my commentary on Ric Flair and Mick Foley's last man standing match. <laughs>